Competition brings out the best in products and the worst in people. David Sarnoff. Bending Not Breaking, Season 4, Episode 5, The Spirit of Competition. Welcome back to another episode of Bending Not Breaking. I'm Sunshine. This is Ben. And we are so excited to get to this episode. Yeah. A lot of fun stuff to talk about because if you couldn't tell by the cold open and the title of the episode, competition is going to be a pretty overarching theme. In fact, it's the lens of oh this episode. Oh my goodness, like we did this on purpose. Except we didn't because the patrons picked That's it. That's right, they did. They're so smart. Aren't they great? They're wonderful. I do love them. Love the patrons. I love that... We get to do live episodes with all of our patrons now on Patreon. Yeah, once a month. Yeah, once a month. We've got several, Max. We several. have several patrons, Max. But it is important to highlight this. So now that what we're doing with our Patreon is no matter what level you donate at, you get all of the bonus content. Yeah. All of it. That's pretty big. And then, um, so we, we're doing live episodes. We're doing episodes early. You're getting episodes on the comics. A lot of stuff, but you just get to decide at what level you want to support us at, which is a huge help. But regardless, you get all the perks for doing that. So go check out our Patreon, patreon.com backslash BNB underscore pod. $1,000 a month, really good level to start. Yeah, if you want to donate 1000 bucks a month, that'd be great. But, yeah. You know. But we'll also accept $1. It's not a back- I don't know if we can do $1. It's not a backslash. It's a forward slash. Thank you. Correct. Regardless, any amount matters. The typical slash you use. We would appreciate any amount. All right. Well, let's just jump into it. Let's let's do that. But before we do, before your we talk turn about, to do the recap. That is never the case, Ben. It is all it is odd your number turn. And away we your turn go. All right. So there's training for bow bending, and then there's a team huddle, and then Asami gives them new uniforms, and then Bolin's like, "Oh my god, let's make a move." And then Pabu gets a bath, and then Mako and Bolin talk about Korra, and then Mako tries to talk him out of it, and then Jinora and Iki are like, "Oh my god, you should fall in love." And then Pima is like, "Here's the real deal." Fifteen seconds. Tenzin and Pima, and then Fire Ferrets round two, round three, they win. Celebratory. And then Korra admits to Mike Mako. Asami comes in. Awk. Bolin tries to make a move again. Korra goes on a date. Tano's really intimidating, and then Naga goes three, like, and two, then they spot the flame noodles, and then. Stop. I had a lot more I wanted to cover. Which is, yeah, stuff happens, but it's a lot of fighting. It's a lot of like... Yeah, pew, I didn't pew. miss a lot, but I also pew, pew. wanted to cover a lot, you know? Fighting. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> that's, that's how I... Is that how it goes? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so... They're earthbending. Pew, pew. Can we talk about competition now? <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, that's the whole point of the episode, so let's do it. Okay, okay, okay. So what's competition? Uh, to strive to gain or win something by defeating or establishing superiority. Thank you. Dictionary.com. Uh, I had to go look at what compete means because competition had three definitions that were all like the act of competing. Yeah, <laughs> cool, like, cool, right. cool, cool. Thanks, thanks, thanks. Yeah, so, okay. I, I, I want to start off by... Max is here, by the way. Hey, Max. Max! How are you? He's behind the window in the studio that we have, though, so sometimes I forget he's there. Yeah, it's a very opaque window. <laughs> Do I'm you, doing. I'm doing well. Thank you for asking, Ben. Do you have anything? What 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 are your thoughts on competition? I am not a competitive person. I I am a huge sports fan, but not because of competition. And I think that's something we're going to be able to go in and talk about is what that What that means. Yeah. Like there's because there's a lot to unpack around competition, and I think we're going to say things that people are going to 
disagree with disagree with Ooh, <laughs> maybe not maybe that. a lot of maybe a lot of people who've been listening to this podcast are gonna be like no i'm on board yeah <laughs> but someone who's listening to our core comic uh, uh you know podcast for the first time is we might rub people the wrong way but to be fair uh i would also argue that most people if they're willing to listen to a core podcast probably in a different headspace <laughs> than fair. other parts of the fandom so okay i want to really start by going doing a little deep dive first. So there's a, there's a dude named Stuart Brown, no relation to Brene Brown. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but Max really thought that was funny. <laughs> cool. Cool. Uh, so uh, Stuart Brown is a psychologist that started his research journey in violence. And uh, back in, back in the day when there was a pretty big massacre in texas he was called in as one of the people to uh come and figure out why this happened and to prevent it from ever happening again and in his research he found that there was a common thread among these people who had committed these violent atrocities and the one of the the through lines in all of his evidential you know inquisitions was that play was absent from everyone in some way, shape, or form who had done these violent acts. And so he transitioned from being a violence researcher into being a play researcher. And this is how I found Stuart Brown's content, is because I was thinking about play, and I read his book, and what happened was one of the things that he talks about are the elements of play, right? And one of the things he is clear to nuance the difference between is the difference between contest and competition. And I think it's really, really well articulated in this book because in the wild, when you see animals playing, for instance, two bear cubs playing, what you see is you see contest, not competition. And I, to, so what that looks like is the bear that is clearly stronger, faster, etc., will intentionally handicap themselves in order to prolong the play. Whereas in competition, that is not the case. They will intentionally end it as fast as possible because the end goal is what they're going for, not the play itself. And so for me, I'm interested to explore this nuance in this episode between contest and competition because I feel like contest is a very positive thing in our lives that helps us gain, grow, become, whereas competition seems to be like an ender and it seems to not be great. And so I'm, I'm curious to, to kind of look at it through this lens. But that's something that I remember reading that from his book that I found really compelling. And so I'm, I'm just, what are your thoughts on that as you hear that? I think it makes sense, right? Like this idea of, it's almost like a, if you're playing with a younger sibling, like what's the point of you playing? Is it to end them? Is it to demoralize them? Is it to make them feel terrible? Or is it to help them grow, help them learn? It doesn't mean you let them win, right? Like, it doesn't mean that, but it is... But it doesn't mean you crush, them, mean you crush them immediately, them. right? Um, and so I think that we get... There's this idea around what competition does to the brain over time. Mm -hmm. And even under the ideas of contest, they're very. what you're going for is very different in the sense of... One is an extrinsic type of reward where the other might be a very intrinsic type of reward. You're doing it because it feels good. You're doing it because it's morally right. Like 
I'm doing these things so that we get better at these skills. So you mm-hmm. learn, so you gain confidence. Like that's this idea around contest versus I'm proving myself superior is the point of competition. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are the issue with that is that your extrinsic rewards typically are going to crowd your intrinsic ones that you feel over time, mm-hmm. which can be very dangerous. Interesting. Um, and so I almost think of it as like, oh, everyone's got to get a participation trophy, right? Like that's this, Boo. but what we see in, <laughs> What happens is when we associate winning and competing, maybe that's not the best word, engaging in play in, in a way that is competitive versus contest, if the work also hasn't been done emotionally to be able to understand that your performance in that competition is not relegate or does not then denote your value as a human, mm. that it can become a very dangerous thing, right? Because then winning becomes the goal. And winning becomes the I'm a good person. Winning becomes the I'm the, you know, good enough. Well, it it all comes down to, and a lot of that culture is perpetuated by the car ride home from the soccer game, Mm -hmm. right? What do your parents or your loved ones or your guardians or whomever you are seeking belonging from, right? What do they say to you on the car ride home? Is it, I'm proud of you. I loved seeing, I loved watching you play. Is it, hey, winning is, like, that was a really good game. I loved how you scored that last goal and we secured the win, right? Because what what is the value you're placing on them playing? Is it them playing or is it them winning? And again, that also comes to the conversation of you can talk because a lot of times that conversation gets thrown out there. And if you think about it in terms of like the fire ferret spending, you can win or you can lose. And then you can have a conversation around what you can do better next time regardless. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that it's, hey, you're not good enough as a person because you lost this match. Yeah. Um, and we see this, honestly, I see this um, this aspect of losing in almost this competition that's been set up between Bolin and Mako around dating Cora. I agree. Because yeah. Because when Bolin sees them kissing, he takes that as a, as a personal, I am not good enough. Yeah. Right? I am not with Cora because I personally am not worthy of love in that well it's also on the tail end of him having invested a lot in the relationship like they've they've gone on a date they've had a lot of quality time together they've been which doesn't mean that cora's then has to date him right correct (laughs) no no no, i'm not implying that she has to at all um but it is this idea of when he sees that you're heartbroken for many reasons but it becomes a i'm not good enough moment when it's when when dating, when dating is looked at, when relationships with people are looked at as competitive, yeah, we are not in a good space. Yeah, and I'm going to paint a potentially not generous picture of Mako. Uh, but for, for me, one of the things that we see Mako in is something he recognizes at the end of the episode, which is that he really likes both Korra and Asami. Right, which happens. Yeah, that's totally normal. It is totally normal to like more than one person. That is okay. That is awesome. But what happens is it manifests as this like jealousy competition kind of a deal between him and Bolin, where as soon as Bolin's like, oh, what about Korra? He's like, nah, she's not good for me, but I like because I think Azami's a better option. And then as soon as he's like, no, for me, Mako's like, nah, nah, bad no, option. Yeah, Don't do that. Yeah. And it really feels almost competitive right i feel like i wonder if that's the the primal teen male 
instinct, right? And I guess I, that's probably not a great way to put that. Just this this primal thing of like, I need to keep what is mine of this this competition. I need to. to does that make sense? Is that like? Well, tell well, me, help you, me phrase that. Yes, better. I. Again, when you equate relationships to your own self self worth you see options for connection as needing to be yours so that you can feel worthy later on. So what happens if Asami falls through? I need to have a fallback or mm, what happens? Yeah. If my, and so like, because if you're attaching your work to those relationships, we're getting so, and so for, for Mako, it says, I like both of them. I could date both of them, but I need to keep them, but both I need on to a keep chain. Correct. Right. Because, yeah. And again, anytime you feel ownership, anytime you feel it's the same, even if, you know, in all those old, I say old, all these movies that are always about like two guys are the, the, the bad guy who's dating the girl and the good guy wants to date the girl and all this stuff. And it, it becomes this very objectifying thing. It's dehumanizing and in a all way. All of it stems to this idea of like secure relationships that like secure yeah. relationships and um, attachment theories. And because if. If Bolin had a secure attachment theory at this point, which I feel like he actually might because he comes around on this pretty quickly. You know, I, I feel like the one the, it's anxiety, it's anxious yeah. attachment style on Mako's part Correct. is what I'm noticing more yes. than anything in Bolin. Even though he might be, he might be a little anxious, uh, uh, anxious avoidant. With, right? Maybe a little like, both. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, but I think it is this, this idea of, again, when you, when we are taught through competition yeah. that winning is what creates worth, then that is what we will strive to at all costs. So there was a study that was done back a few years ago, um, and I'm, I'm pulling this off of an article uh, from Sander van der Linden, who's a PhD, specifically focusing on social dilemmas. And he brings up this idea of when you watch kids and you create where winning is the goal— not learning the skill, not achieving, but winning is the goal. You see a huge uptick in things like cheating. Yeah. Even with young kids, mm -hmm. because winning has been made the goal. Yeah. But if you are creating this idea around competing, where it is you're learning a new skill, you're achieving something new, don't worry about what someone else is getting when they're hitting an archery target. Like you worry about you improving. Yeah. You see a very different mentality. Kids aren't cheating to get better at that point. Yeah. And, and I think it's kind of like square rectangle kind of a relationship between competition and contest in that frame. Because there are times when that form of competition that you're describing feels like play. Because I, I love growing and getting better. And when, some, when I lose, if I'm, if I'm losing in such a way that I'm being taught a lesson and I can see that lesson, my perspective allows me to see it, then that feels like I'm growing and becoming and it feels like play. But if it's, if the end goal is winning, it doesn't feel like play if I lose, right? It doesn't at all. There, there's, there's very much like a, a stake. And one of the elements of play that Stuart Brown outlines is that it's doing things for no apparent reason, right? And so to like sometimes even doing things like oh i'm i'm if i even if i lose it's to win to learn something then that does that ceases to become play in a way but i'm i'm talking myself in circles moral of the story is contest and competition inextricably linked and different also different and so this actually brings up a question which i don't have data to support an answer but i, I will offer up maybe my thoughts and we can talk about it you get this moment when 
Korra is engaging with uh, the what are they? The wombats. The what are the what's the team name? It's a uh, Rami Malek plays the character, but I can't oh, think of his name. Oh, the off my head. um shoot the wolf bats. The wolf bats. Wombats was close. Yeah, not the buzzard wasps, not the rabbaroos. Right, the wolf bats. The wolf bats. When we are competing against someone, do we automatically, because of the way that competition is set up, do we, in our brains, start coming up with stories of why they are the enemy? We either dehumanize them or we create stories in our head to create that they're bad people. Whatever we have to do to feel like we need to then dominate. Because I feel like that happens in competitive sports pretty frequently well and so this this moment with tano is really just tano thank you it's really kind of scary here because we see him kind of like surrounded by like groveling people that are just like lavishing all of their like ugh, it's gross anyway he just is like leering at cora and bolin and you can tell it's just this i'm going to intimidate them mm-hmm. i am going to just like smother them with my intimidation is what the the feeling that i get from this interaction and so he tries to interact with her and then he dehumanizes her in a way that is really just gross just because it and that's a tactic right that is a that is a tactic that emerges from the need to win this competition because we see him in the next episode spoiler alert cheat we see cheating we see all these things we're talking about because there's clearly a winning focus for him versus a like competing for the healthy sake of competing contest. And there and there's a very big difference between I'm going to compete against these people because we are competing to see who's like under the skies of I want to be the best athlete I can be. Yeah. Right? That's why so, versus oh, I want to be better than you. Yeah. Right? That's that's a key thing there. Like I typically see you don't have these rivalries and things like like golf. Like very rarely do <laughs> certain golf fans like hate other golf fans. Because a lot of time, and I'm sure it happens, right? But a lot of times, golf is a sport that, you, and, and bowling, and there are other sports that are similar. One person sports where it is, the goal is to be as good as you can be, right? Um, and not necessarily because the the other people's play is not adding or subtracting from your play. Um, and so I wonder if that also again alleviates. It's more of contest than it is competition at that point. Yeah, but I just I think that this this tactic that he's using here is just it's it feels dirty. And yes, it's gross, and it makes me not. He's in a position great. of power. He feels powerful. He's in a position. He knows where he's at. But I, you love the the you, power shift. You love I the dynamic love shift. How Cora handles this. Yep. I love it. Oh, I think it's one of Cora's shining moments. Bringing mm. in Naga to just like <laughs> out of nowhere. Yeah, like oh god, it's just it's everything. But we it, mentioned attachment style earlier. I don't. We have, in this episode we didn't cite the book. We get that from that's attached. Um, Adam Levine. Or, I'm sorry, Amir Levine. It is not Adam Levine's <laughs> book. Amir Levine and Rachel Heller. Just FYI, that's the book. Uh, and essentially, attachment theories are the different ways that we hold relationships in life, romantic relationships specifically. We've definitely book. talked about it before, but yeah. just wanted to cite it again, just just to make sure. But I th- again, in to go back to this this idea of why we do things. What is the point of the competition? What is the point of? And I think that's a question bend- we have to pro- ask. Bending? What is the purpose of it being there? Um, 
And because... And it's not the purpose of pro-bending. It's the purpose of our participating in it. Mm-hmm. Like, why am I participating in pro-bending? But even as, a, even as a fandom, like, there are fans for sports teams that are notorious for being brutal, right? Oh, yeah. And it's the competition aspect that comes out of that. But why? Right? Like, if that is not the person we want to be... Um, our producer once was marching at a football game while he was uh, in, in on the drum line, and an Appalachian State fan hit him with a burger before the game. <laughs> but why? 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 Like, we love Max. Max is a wonderful human being. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Fair. Fair. Um, fair. I do love him. But, like, competition was the reason for that action. Along with probably other other things. But competition was the so, was the venue so for that So, I action. wonder if competition... Maybe he was worried that his team wouldn't be able to catch up. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, okay, okay. I, I, I'm not, hard to recover. Hard to recover from that. But does, does competition create mob mentality? Right? And I think... That's the difference, like, versus, like, we live in a state that is, like, a huge sports rival between UNC Chapel Hill and Duke Universities, mm-hmm. right? And that is one of the biggest rivalries in ever. And the vitriol that happens from both sides is pretty bad, right? I, I am my worst person when I'm, like, watching a Duke-UNC basketball game. Oh, commenting on people's appearance, commenting on like tragically ruining them There's with no like no yeah. generous assumption that comes across Ex- my mouth. Yeah. Like, so I'm I'm my worst self when I am engaging in competitive behavior. Yeah, I think I am too. And so and so and so if that is, there are benefits to sports. There's benefits to camaraderie and uh, community and the things that sports provides. And also, there are some pretty um, emotionally damaging aspects to sports. Well, and something that's really important to lift up between Phantoms and Max, you might be able to kind of lift how this feels for you, knowing that you're a huge fan. But, like, what happens between the, the bonding of a relationship between fans that are on the same side is pretty unreal, right? There's this 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 thing that occurs that makes you so connected and in a way i wonder if that bond is where we start to drop our filter we start to because we start to feel safe because we we're all on the same team we're all on the same side we start to lose that filter and say things that are not as acceptable as we would say in a group that we don't feel that close with and so like what's your experience with that max you're you're you know, a super fan of a lot of things. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm following what point you're trying to make here. I also don't think that I'm like I follow teams very, very closely, and I root for them very, very hard. But I am a little bit of an exception, where like I've watched Carolina Duke games with each of y'all, and y'all are much quicker to <laughs> say mean things about the other team than I am. I'm usually pretty calm, cool, and collected. So. Uh, humble brag <clears throat> I, so yeah I, I think there is a bonding experience that comes with you know if I'm in a stadium with other people who which like that's not happening anytime soon but like 
I'm much more likely to high five a stranger at a sporting event than anywhere else. If that's what you're trying to say, I, I think in Sunshine you'll be probably pretty familiar with this, but just this idea of common enemy intimacy is really what's fueling this for me. And that's a uh, Brene Brown term for those of you who may or may not know her. I think it can. Right. Continue on what common enemy intimacy is. And I think it can. And so common enemy intimacy is this idea that we build a bond with someone over a common enemy rather than over something else. And so I think at a sports game, you very easily could build a bond with your love of the team. Yeah. You also could very easily build a bond on your hatred for the other team because of your love of the team. And, and so, I think it's just really we we really have to be careful around how what is our intention? What is our goal? If it's to is it are we trying to make connections out of a common enemy or are we building a connection based off of a, a our our pride in a in the common team? Is it our our care, our love, our like what is it? And I think just something that we need to be very careful of as we get into those modes. But we see the struggles of, of what competition can do in the way that we see Bolin and Mako interact, the way that we see, yeah. we, the way that we see Korra respond to Asami when Asami comes in, does nothing wrong, right? Asami comes in, brings in new uniforms. Cool. Kisses her, kisses Mako. They're in a relationship. Korra's like, Bleh. and Korra <laughs> has, is, is very much against Asami because of this. And again, it goes back to because it competition. Feels, it feels like she's competing for Mako, right? So we see these negative aspects of how this competing can break blind down us to the fact that I would rather be in relationship with you. Yeah, they they come together later. But or is it happening right now? The baby steps, Ben. Baby steps. But yeah. but you get what I'm saying. So like, we see that competition has these negative aspects to it. I I even look back to when I played high school sports, which is not me reliving the glory days. They were not glory days, but I remember, <laughs> I remember playing baseball and not knowing anybody on the other team, but very much disliking them, and talking and being sarcastic towards them, and like saying rude things. And I had people say rude things to me, and. The competition was a part of that, right? Because I also did not have the emotional capacity at that point to navigate those things better. But even now, like, I get snarky when playing Mario Kart 8. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I just, I wonder what that is. Yeah. And I wonder if that's rewarded in competition. And I wonder if the goal is to achieve and to be a better athlete and to be stronger and to build camaraderie is pro-bending the way to do that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think one of the, you know, one of the elements of, of competition that I think was really beautiful that I think was less competition, but more contest was this burping contest between Bolin and Cora. Did you catch that? Very sweet moment. Like it was just one of those things where like that didn't feel competitive. That felt like contest. Right. right. And I think that one could easily label that a competition, but I think that's a misnomer, right? That's, that's a, contest right and it's one of those things where like yeah they were trying to see who is better but it was done in with both parties 
like mutuality in, of level of investment in that, right? And you I, know, and I think that partly goes to no one saw their humanity or worth on the line in that yes, moment. Yes, I think that's a really that's I think say that again. No one saw themselves when competing competing in that contest their humanity or their worth on the line based on the outcome. All right. There's the episode, y'all. We're going to end it there. Uh, that was it. Sunshine's awesome, and he nailed it. Wait, but <laughs> and I think that's where pro sports, even in our society, can be that, right? We see people, quarterbacks, who have major respect for each other. No matter what, they're shaking hands. They're fine with it. They want to get better. So I think like depending on where you are as a person – competitive things in that nature if you are approaching it from that side of things can be fine and healthy yeah, and yeah. fun and places for camaraderie the moment that we start equating winning with worth which is the other side of a pro sports coin because winning is very literally literally yeah tied to worth um you start to see issues there yeah tldr listen to that last two minutes that'll that'll cover everything but yeah, I just you know what? Here's here's the bottom line. The first rule of pro bending is don't line up in a straight line so Cora can knock you out with one shot. I think that's that's the first rule. That's probably the main rule and if we follow that, we'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> if you ever get into a pro bending match, you can you have that there. Anything else we want to talk about in this episode? This might be a little quick one, but I think we've 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 hit on I think a lot. We've hit a lot of beautiful things. Well, because and it's there's really two main aspects of this episode. You've got the relationship Lots of bending, aspect, and you've got bending. the pro bending aspect. And yeah. I think for both of those, we see the difference between when you equate your worth to winning mm-hmm. versus equating your worth to you being worthy regardless. And again, here's the kicker with all of this, because you you always hear the argument of like participation trophies and we want there should always be a winner and there should always be a loser and that type of thing i think that is fine if you are not equating your worth to that and so you have to be very intentional about the way that you do that when you engage in sports like that well and it's just like winning if if you do equate winning with worth that is a form of a meritocracy right where like we receive based off of our merit and that's just really dangerous right when the idea that merit can control like all of the things that we receive and get is really just, it's really dangerous because that just fails to account for a lot of things that we just can't account for. And I, mm, mm, there's a lot there, yeah. uh, but I, mm, I, I don't like it. So moral of the story is, you know, contest over competition because that's better for human development. And that's, that's the way you should think about <laughs> that is me being judgmental over competition and I'm okay with it. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back with a devotion and a gratitude. It is my pleasure to bring you back to the pro devotion that we will be giving you now. Um, anyway, that's my announcer voice. So what we're doing is we're talking about <laughs> uh, the element of water, and we're also talking about, you know, competition. And so what we're doing now is setting a goal with the lens of competition in 
combination with the element of water. And so theoretically, we've been through four episodes now in Korra where we've kind of talked about this, and we're going to start to talk about that less. But anyway, moral of the story is, here we go. We're setting an intention for the coming week, and we're going to combine those two things to help us grow and become and do a little bit better because self-improvement is one of our goals. So Sunshine, as you think about water and all of that encompasses and then competition what's a goal that you want to set for yourself this coming week to help you grow over over this next seven days so one of the imagery images that we get in this episode is coral healing um oh we didn't talk about that she, good she, point yeah uh the way she heals bolin and the what she's able to kind of do with with water and and how water kind of represents this way to cleanse this way to disinfect and i think honestly that's how we have to reshape achievement sometimes is is through this kind of cleansing idea of what it means to to do that Mm, i love that and so i work closely with children on a regular basis and right now we're running a lot of scholastic support programs that are meant to be helping with school as students are navigating virtual learning and things like that. And uh, I think a lot of times we have students who are the... It's interesting how they the competition's almost been taken away because they're doing so much one-on-one work. Mm-hmm. But making sure that we are still kind of developing this idea of like achieving where you're at as we move forward as opposed to like, you have to be here. You've got to get this right. You've got to be scoring these test grades, but almost how are we learning and achieving as we go along and making sure that kids are understanding that their self-worth is not tied to a 70 math quiz or a, or a hundred math quiz. And neither is their potential. Correct. Right? And so I think that that's something that I want to make sure that I'm focusing on with the students that we're supporting this upcoming week and, and not just this week, but going forward as well. Um, and I think that that's something that we do, but I think it's also something that needs intention. And we can always reassess. That's something that always Mm -hmm. deserves focus and reassessment just to make sure, right? Because the, there's just so much on the line when we're taking care of children. So yeah, I think I value that. Thank you for, for lifting that up. Absolutely. So for me, as I think about myself, I, I, I grew up with four older brothers, six older siblings, And so from a very early age, competition was something that I struggled with because I was always competing with my brothers. I was always, my, my worth was on the line Mm -hmm. and on whether I could be better than always, if I could eventually be grow to become better than my siblings at whatever they were doing, because they were always (laughs) older, stronger, faster than I was. Right. And so for me, as I think about coming into this this next week, I think about all the times when I'm in play and what happens is that starts to become tainted by this, this idea of competition. And what I mean by that is I'll be playing a board game with friends and I will go on a winning streak and then I will, at the, at the height of my winning streak, I become this jerk that will say things that is like the opposite of humble (laughs) like uh, it's so great in my magnanimity that i'm welcoming you to call me master and like it's just like i become smug and kind of a jerk and 
it's one of those things where like that in small doses is playful but that over time becomes painful and it becomes like who wants to interact with this guy and so how do i and the reason i tie that and i'm tying that to water rather by thinking about as i am water that is fluid and flowing and over time i start to freeze and that becomes slush and then i become this this stagnant ice block that is unbudging and unmoving and i think that that's something that i need to constantly reassess and be like okay i'm starting to freeze and i need to thaw out a little bit and so i need to humble myself and here are the tactics that i can do to to humble myself and and (laughs) remember that like me winning on this board game does not make me king of the world and so that's not that I win all the time, but like when I do go on a winning streak, I become, I become not great. So that's my, that's my thinking this week is how do I, uh, fall myself out when I'm in that mode? Does that make sense? I love that visual. I really do love that visual of, of some of these sometimes being a freezing moment. And it also kind of shows that that that's not a necessarily a thing that you can do immediately. That sometimes the thawing has to take time. Yeah, and, and like exactly. that's not something that can can happen just with the with the snap of your fingers. That that takes intention and putting the ice in a place where it's going to be able to be able to thaw. Yeah. Um, and that it, it takes a little bit of time for that to happen. So I, I love that kind of imagery floating around. Well, thank well you. <laughs> Gratitude. Mine uh, was so much better than yours. Yeah, so good. Yours was good. <laughs> um, and yep. I, that this I'm gonna go thaw out now. Choos- choosing <laughs> choosing devotions is not something I necessarily feel self worth over. So yeah, not competitive. You don't feel competitive over that. Over that, no. The 30 second recap, however, also not competitive. Well, that's because I win them. Um, Whoa! Let's move to gratitude before I become smug. All right, uh, I'm gonna give gratitude to Bolin this you just episode. Moved out of that really fast, and I feel like my self worth is on the line. Hmm? What? I'm going to give gratitude to Bolin. And I think that there's a lot of things that I, I love the conversation he has with Mako on the way up. Like, are we going to be okay? Recognizing oh, that yeah. that they're not in a place where they want to be. Um, but I also love his agency well, when he chooses. people aren't willing to have that conversation. Right. Right? That's just a really beautiful moment that just, that's. That's big. That question is big. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But it also shows that he recognizes that the competition shouldn't be something that it's not bigger than our relationship. Correct. Right. Yep. And so I love that. I also love the agency of the way that he kind of has Mac, uh, Mako back off from the tiebreaker. Um, Hey, this is something I feel confident in doing. I, I feel like your head's not in the right space right now. Yeah. It's not a, you're not good enough. It's not a, it's not a I'm better than you. It's a at this moment, I think I can be the most supportive here. And that's something that I really appreciate from Bolin in this episode. Yeah, I I just that's such a beautiful moment. And it's just a moment of awareness, right? Like that his like that awareness is so key. And I just And the agency that comes with being able like that's yeah. a very vulnerable decision. Because yes. Mako could have very easily been like, absolutely not. Yeah, but I, but in that same turn, Mako I think recognizes as well. Like I think you're right. Like this is this is a time for you to shine. And and I just wonder how often I haven't said something like that because I've worried about the repercussions when Mako was just like, "You're right. 
you know, mm-hmm. or how often I've been had that said to me, and I am the poor reaction, no, uh, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I always think of that, even not in a competition sense, but when someone's like, "Hey, do you, is, is, is this something you need help with at work?" No, no, I got it. I can do it. Yes, when, please. Like, like when <laughs> when the reality is, yes, please. This is something I would love for you to take off my plate. Yeah. Um. And so just asking someone for the, you know, is there something I can do to help? Just asking someone or letting someone know, like, hey, I think this is a place that I can step in and be supportive if you would like. Yeah. Um. Is something I really appreciated it from Boland in this episode. Speaking of support. That kind of leads into my gratitude. Totally planned. So I'm grateful for Asami. And we see Asami be nothing but supportive in this episode. She shows up in the beginning and is saying, hey, I got these uniforms for you. Then she's like, hey, let me go take Mako on a date. And I'm really supportive of Mako. And then she shows up to the bro pro bending tournament shows up afterwards and says you did well. like it's just unending support mm-hmm. for mako and we, i'm just like stan asami I, yeah she is awesome especially <laughs> knowing what she's about to endure right yeah god but like she's about to have she, a lot to deal with she is proving herself to be just more and more of uh, the support system that these Mako and Korra eventually that they need Mm -hmm. right we see this this support starting now so that when we see her support for Korra later on in the series it's not a surprise it is a it is a continued demonstration of her beautiful personality and I just think that seeing this here is just is just the start and I and I love watching the the foundation for that for us and that character building and it's just she's awesome she's so cool and like super stan account i'm all for it absolutely yeah go asami what a way to wrap up the episode what this is a little short one but it was i think a good one i think one that was yeah positive lots of cool stuff um and then we got some really cool guests coming up later on the season still super so. cool guests um but as max you got anything you want to add not at this time. All right. Well, well that's a good talk. Uh, remember to follow us in all the places. BNB underscore pod. That's Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, TikTok all of the things. Facebook, Bending Out Breaking. That's right. And then on Patreon, Patreon as well, if you would like to get some bonus content that we talked about earlier. Remember, our Patreon has changed, right? Yeah, we already talked about it. This episode? Yeah. That's awesome. We brought it up. I love that. I yeah. just want to reiterate it then. Super cool. Yeah. You should join C- us. Come support. Live, live episodes. Join us on, on Zoom calls. We'll talk more about Avatar, The Last Airbender, and Legend of Korra. It'll be great. Yeah. I'm Sunshine Mayfield. This has been. And this has been Bending Not Breaking. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>